I'm going to bring you a message today on the two white horses of the book of the Revelation. On the, on the book of the Revelation, Satan has always been an imitator of God. He's always been an imitator of God. Does God have a church? So does Satan. The synagogue of Satan. Does God have servants? Does God have ministers? So does Satan, the ministers of unrighteousness. Does God have a church? So does Satan, the synagogue of Satan. And these two, Christ and Antichrist, are presented in the book of the Revelation. And let me talk to you about them. You remember that I said he was an imitator of God. You remember when Moses went down in the land of Egypt. You remember that I said he was an imitator of God. You remember when Moses went down in the land of Egypt and said to Pharaoh, I've been given orders to tell you that you are to let my people go. But Pharaoh refused. Then you remember how he turned the serpent, how he turned, took the, and stretched out the, to, the, the rod over the rivers and there became blood. How he turned, how he brought in the fraud, how he brought in the lice and the murren among the cattle. How he brought the frogs in upon the land. But did you notice every time he did one of those miracles, the magicians did the same thing with their interpretation. They turned the water into wine. If they turned the water into blood, they did. if Moses did, they did the same thing. If he, if he brought the frogs in upon the land, they could do the same thing. But there was one difference. Moses could bring them in and take them out. They could bring them in, but they couldn't take them out. Now there are two white horse riders in the book of the Revelation. One is in the sixth chapter. One in the sixth chapter, the other in the nineteenth chapter. The one is the Antichrist. Now the Bible makes it very clear that there is to appear upon this earth a superman. A man who will dominate the entire system of both religion and politics. He'll dominate the, the system of both religion and politics. And then you say, well, what are, what's the difference? Well, the one in the sixth chapter, the Antichrist, comes from beneath. I saw him ascend out of the pit. The one in the nineteenth chapter, which is the real Christ, comes from above. I saw heaven open and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. The one in the, in the sixth chapter comes at the beginning of earth's sorrows. He comes at the beginning of earth's sorrows as a false promise of peace. The one in the, in the, sixth, uh, the 19th chapter comes at the end of earth's sorrows. The one in the sixth chapter comes with a sword, with a sword sheathed and promise and peace. He comes as a false promise of peace. But he has soon succeeded. He has soon succeeded by war and famine and pestilence. The one in the 19th chapter comes with a sword drawn for war, but is succeeded by peace and prosperity and plenty. Now the questions being asked about the Antichrist today up and down the land, and someone said, Dr. Lakin, do you believe the Antichrist is now living? He may be. I do not know. He may be. But if he is, he has not yet revealed himself. 
He may now be living, but if he is, he has not yet revealed himself and will not reveal himself until after the rapture of the church. Until after the rapture of the church. Why? Because the church is called the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. Now, salt preserves and light dispels darkness. Now, he only he who letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Then when he is taken out of the way, and that's the lie, that's the church, when they're taken out of the way, there'll be nothing then to prohibit the Antichrist from taking over. Salt preserves, I said, and there, when the light is gone and the church is gone, then nothing comes but, salt, but putrefaction and darkness and decay. I believe every sign points to the soon coming of the Antichrist. When? I do not know. You say, Dr. Lakin, why do you say that? You said, has the Antichrist, where is the Antichrist now? Well, only one of three things can be said about that. He has never been born. He is now upon the earth or in the abyss or the bottomless pit. I think the latter is true. That he is now in the abyss or the bottomless pit because he shall ascend out of. Well, you said, when was he sent there if he is in the bottomless pit? For when was he sent there and for what was he sent? Now, I believe, now listen, you may disagree with me along this line, and that's all right. I've said that, I preached this one day and a fellow came and said, a preacher said, I don't know whether it's the truth or not, but you came very near proving it. Listen, to say the Antichrist has been upon the earth, I say it has. Well, then when, he, when was he sent to the bottomless pit and for what was he sent? You remember this about the about Jesus said about Judas? Have I not chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. Now that, uh, the Greek, I don't know, I'm no Greek. But I'm told by a Greek scholar. That it, that's not the word for demon. There are many demons. But that's the word for devil. And there's only one devil. Well, you said if there's only one devil, then how could, how could he... Well, but there's only one devil, but there's three persons. There's only one God, but there's three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the Son is the second person of the Holy Trinity. And the evil trinity is the devil, the beast, and the false prophet. And therefore the beast, or the second person of the evil trinity, in my judgment, is the Antichrist. When he ascends out of the bottomless pit, when he ascends out of the bottomless pit and comes into the earth, and he may be, I said, he may now be, I do not know. Some things he will do when he comes. You, you say, well, what will be the regime upon which he will enter? The Antichrist. What will be the regime upon which he will enter? Well, first he will come as a false promiser of peace. He'll come as a false promiser of peace. He'll come crying peace when there is no peace. Did you ever think about this being a, a great prophecy, being fulfilled of the soon coming? Have you ever seen a time in all the history of the world or read when there was more talk of peace than there is now? Every fellow that runs for office, president and whatnot, he's for peace. 
He's for peace. And they cry, peace, peace, when there is no peace. And that sign is this, he said, when they begin to cry peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. So all this peace talk is nothing more than a fulfillment of the prophecy of the soon revelation of the Antichrist. You can't have peace by diplomacy. A couple got married once and they were very sensible. And he said, now some evening I'll come in and I'll not be in the best of humor. I'll have my hat set on one side of my head and you be nice to me. She said, ah, you'll come in some evening and I will have had a rough day and I'll have the corner of my apron pinned up. So you be nice to me. So he came one evening with his hat tilted and she was so kind and sweet and nice, nothing happened. He came in another evening and she had her apron pinned. And boy, they hadn't made arrangements for that. And something happened. You'll never have peace by tilting hats and pinning aprons. You'll never have peace by diplomacy. Peace is a matter of the heart. And you'll never have peace upon this earth as long as the Prince of Peace is away from it. Two thousand years ago, they thrust him out of this world at the point of a spear. And for 2,000 years, this world has been, has been, has convinced itself and us that they, there can be no peace as long as the Prince of Peace is away. And when the Prince of Peace is away, when the Prince of Peace comes, he will establish the peace. How can you have a kingdom? Oh, we're talking about bringing in the kingdom. How can you have a kingdom without a king? Why well, say you not a word about bringing back the king? I hope I wish God to let me live a little while. I got so much I won't tell people. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. He's going to sit upon the throne of his father David and rule upon the throne of his glory. Peace. And all of this talk of peace made me think when I was a boy. We didn't have an eight hour we didn't have eight hour jobs in those days. On the farm we worked from camp to camp. Can't see, can't see. That's the way. My father had a he, he he had a poverty program, and it worked. We all worked, and that was his poverty program. But you know something? When we'd start out to the to work of a morning, and I went to the field when I was ten years old, when they had to cut a hoe handle in two, I wasn't big enough. I had to drag it part of the time, and they had to cut one in two to make it short enough for me to work with. You know, I thought, one day I said to my daddy, man, it was hot. I said, you suppose that guy's fighting another one of them battles? He said, what, Joshua? He said, why? I said, that son hadn't moved for an hour. I know what happened. <laughs> but let me show you something. Let me show you something. When he comes, and you know, when the, when the clouds begin to come up, and the thunder would start to roll. Man, I was tickled. That, mean I, that would mean I'd go fishing next morning. Because the rain was coming. And all of this that's talked today, and all of these signs today, and all of this the Antichrist is doing, sort of makes my heart glad because I know the time of deliverance is soon to come. It's soon to come. 
The time of deliverance is soon to come. And when he comes. And then the Antichrist, I said, will come as a false promise of peace. And then he'll come. He will come as a genius in finance. I mean by that he'll come solving the great financial problems that confronts the world. I think we need somebody to solve them just now, don't you think? And then the other thing is this. You said, how do you know, how do, why do you think that he'll, he'll form, I'll tell you, because he'll form an alliance with those who hold the balance of power financially in this world. Who holds the balance of power financially in this world? I don't have to tell you, you know. There'll be an alliance formed and he'll be, he'll come as a, a he'll come solving the financial conditions that'll confront the world. And now the man that will promise to, promise to, to solve it will be the head man. And then another thing, let's listen to this. He'll come aided and abetted by an apostate Christianity. An apostate Christianity. Why? Because he said, I saw. I saw him come riding upon a beast. I saw the, I saw the church come riding upon the beast. And thus the church, you say, is that a certain church? I, I don't think any certain one. I think the great harlot, I think the great harlot will be composed of the apostate. The apostate out of all churches will form the great harlot. And thus he'll come into power, aided and abetted by an apostate Christianity. He'll come into power, aided and abetted by an apostate Christianity. And when he lands, my friend, and begins to straighten things out, when he first comes into power, there'll be no one so highly honored as he. The Antichrist, like Absalom from the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there can be found no fault in him. He'll be absolutely perfect, and there'll be found no fault in him when he comes. Therefore, the nations of the earth will follow him. They'll follow him until he begins to get this one under power and another under power. And then one day, one day, my friends, one day, when he gets all these nations under his power, under his rulership, then he goes into the temple and stands up and declares himself to be God. And when he does that, the Orthodox Jew turns from him. He stands up and declares himself to be God, then they turn from him. And when they turn from him, that's when your great tribulation sets in. That's when the great tribulation sets in. When you cannot buy in the marketplace without you have the stamp of the, of the Antichrist upon it. You can't buy or sell. You can't have the privilege of marketing, my friend, until you have that. And that thing will continue to get worse and worse and worse and worse and suffer and suffer. Until, until they will arise up against him. You say, Dr. Lakin, will there be anybody saved in that? Yes. I think there will be some saved in the tribulation. In the tribulation. But I'll tell you one thing. Those that are saved in the tribulation will have no keeping power. Because the Holy Spirit has already gone. There will be no keeping power. There will be no restraining power. And those that go through the tribulation will have to go through by pure brute strength. By pure brute strength. And they can't get out of it. They can't even, they can't even die. They'll want to die, but they can't. They'll shoot, they'll seek to shoot themselves, but the gun won't go off.
in the tribulation. That's the crowd that our Lord said. They said, who are these? Who are these? With palms in their hands and white robes. And he said, these are they that washed the robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb and came up out of great tribulation, out of the great tribulation. Not out of tribulation, but they came up out of the great tribulation. That's the ones, my friend. You said, how could they be saved? The Holy Spirit has already been here. They have already heard the gospel. They have already heard the gospel. But listen to this, my friend. And then one day when he has gotten ready to, to take it all over, He's got everything but a little place yonder around Jerusalem. And so one day he gathers his army in the valley of in, in, in the valley yonder to form the last great drive upon Jerusalem to get that one under control. And when he gets there, when he starts that, he gathers them all there in that valley. Great 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 battles have been fought in the valley of Ezraelon. And there's where he gathered his armies. He got them all ready to go. And then one day when they're sitting yonder in Jerusalem, trembling and scared, and they said, they're off! And just as he starts to move, the heavens split open. And out of the heavens will come another rider on a white horse with a rod in his hand, and out of his mouth will go a sharp sword, and he'll kill and slay and kill and slay until the blood will run to the horse's bridles. Until the blood will run to the horse's bridles. He'll kill and slay, my friend. And then when it's all over and he has conquered, he has conquered. Then, my friends, he takes, he takes. Oh, I think maybe it would do us a little good just to look a moment at the names of this new white horse rider. He said his name shall be called Faithful and True. His name shall be called Faithful and True. Faithful and True. Great is his faithfulness. He's been faithful over Israel. He has kept her as the apple of his eye. She has never been able to be destroyed and never will be. And he said that he has kept her as the apple of his eye, faithful and true. He's faithful to the word. Of, he's faithful in his word. You young people, don't be afraid to take this Bible as the word of God. This is the word of God and it will stand the test when the world's on fire. It's the only thing that will. And his name shall be called, his name shall be called the word of God. That was his name in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Listen, and when he comes the second time, he'll still be called the Word of God. The Word of God that was made flesh, the incarnation of deity, and when he comes, when he comes down the sky, when he comes to be king, when he comes to take his throne, Oh, beloved, I'd like for some of those who deny, I'd like for some of these writers that's denying the Bible, saying that Jesus was the illegitimate child of Mary and a Jewish soldier or something, that Jesus was, the, was not the Son of God. I'd like for some of those to come and stand, let's say, and deny that Jesus is the Son of God. I'd like for them to stand yonder and see him when he comes in power, when he comes in great glory. And as he comes down, and they begin to scream, and to cry, and to call on rocks and mountains. Did you know something? Out of his mouth goes the sharp sword. In his hand is the, is the rod of iron. And he kills and slays and kills and slays. And then finally, my friend, not only that, his name shall be called the Word of God. 
I'd like to see some of those that deny Genesis and defame the prophets and denounce the epistles and decry the salvation by grace. I'd like to then to stand and see my Lord when he comes the second time. I'd like to then stand and see my Lord when he comes the second time. And they cry for the inanimate rocks and mountains to hide on them, to fall on them and hide them from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne. For him that sitteth upon the throne. There's the way he comes for the last one. Let me give you another one here. Not only that, but he says his name shall be called secret. Name shall, he had a name that no man knew but himself. No man knew but himself. Let me give you another one. And he says his name shall be King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There are certain people that want the religious leader to be prophets, that, that want to, to, control the, the, to control the political as well as the spiritual. But when he comes, he will control, he will be prophet, priest, and king. He will control, he will rule as prophet, priest, and king when he comes the second time. And he'll come the second time, and I see him now. Look at his vesture. And he said his vesture was dipped in blood. Dipped in blood. Did you ever go down into Egypt that night? And look at the door yonder with the blood on it. And they scream and they scream. And they said, what's the matter? And they said, the death angel just passed through. And the firstborn of this home was taken. Why? Because there was no blood on the doorpost. And he said, you needn't, they needn't cry unfair. They needn't cry unjust. Why? Because God had to do was to point to that blood on that door. And said, you could have been saved from it. If you had turned, if you had put the blood on your door. And when men come and he begins to tread the press of the wine press of the Almighty God, when he begins to press that and the blood flows out round about, and they say, This is too, uh, this is too rough, this is too sincere. All he has to do to justify the fury of his wrath is to point to that robe and say, You see that blood? You could have been saved from this if you'd have gotten under the blood. If you'd have gotten under the blood, the only thing will save you is when you get under the blood and his weapons. His weapons, he said, iron, and the sword out of his eyes was a flame of fire, vesture dipped in blood. And now he slips yonder, he's, he's won his battle, he's won his battle, and he goes through the eastern gate and climbs up and sits down on the throne of his father David. And when he sits down on the throne of his father David, then, the, the, then he starts to reign. He starts to reign. Sickness, hospitals, where they go, they're gone. Hospital for crippled children, don't have any. Why? Because the lame shall be made to leap as in the heart. The, the deaf, the, for the deaf and for the silent people, you won't have any. Why? Because the tongue of the dumb shall sing. He said, where are your hospitals? We don't have any. We don't get sick in this land anymore. Where's your cemeteries? Don't have any. We don't die in this land anymore. We don't die in this land anymore. And then I said, where's your home for your old people? He said, we don't have any old age accommodations. We don't get old in this land anymore. He said, well, where's your hospital for your crippled children? We don't have any. We said, they've been made to leap as in heart. They've been made to leap as in heart. And then I said, where do you go where do you go to church? And they said, we go up to Jerusalem to worship the king. And I step out of Big Zephyr and I see the Lord high and lifted up in the holy hill of Zion. And I hear the great choir sing, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall, bring forth the royal diadem and crown him. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. Crown him, Lord of all. That's what I'm looking for. God bless you. Amen. <laughs>